stage of history. It is Game Face Radio, and I don't know what episode it is. Fuck. Alright, let's try this again. <laughs> I realized I just deleted all the old episodes on my desktop. That wasn't a reference before. Alright, 33. Okay, here we go. Welcome back to the stage of history. It is Game Face Radio, episode 33. It is August 25th. 2008. I'm here as always, Croy Kaze, with Sinu Zeta. Hello, everybody. We are the Fearless Anime Video Games Lifestyle Podcast. That's, that's oh man, you said that again. That's what I like to classify us as. Because okay. I mean, people ask, you know, <laughs> what is Game Face Radio, and it's like, it's, well, it's Fearless. I know that. <laughs> it's anime slash video games lifestyle podcast. I think that's the way to go with it. I mean, if you want to comment on verbose explanations of the show, let's look up what the description is under iTunes, shall we? Huh? Huh? Yeah, I didn't think you wanted to go there. Anyway, as always, for 33 episodes now, apparently. More than that, actually. <laughs> I like to be conservative with my numbering. <laughs> we don't, we don't want to, like, you know, intimidate people. They don't want to think there's too many episodes they've missed. And, you know, there's all the <laughs> ones that we don't uh, publish to iTunes and stuff. So this is actually like episode 169. Secret We've been doing them every other week now for years, really. Right? Uh, <laughs> since 93. Yeah. yeah, something like that. There's a few hundred yeah. episodes of Game Face Radio, if you haven't heard all of them. Still. There were those real real media years. You know. <laughs> it was rough. Yeah, we're, we've been down since day one. And as we've been down since day one, uh, we've had the format where we always have started off with, Zeta, what you've been playing? Let's see, what have I been playing? Well, um, I guess I'll just come out of the closet right now and say that uh, the other day I bought a copy of uh, Madden 09 um, last week. Dude, half the audience just had the Metal Gear Solid exclamation point. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's funny because I I recently uh, used John Madden uh, online as a sort of like carefully crafted hardcore insult because like that's like the worst thing you could say about someone who collects you know Suchi Pie and Final Fantasy and everything is to say like I bet you play Madden. <laughs> what? Those are fighting words, man. Yeah, you know, it's like, like I bet you buy that the, shit every year, too. Every, every year, yeah, I buy the NCAA. <laughs> max my team out, transfer it into Madden. No, actually, um, what happened was, um, I hope at this point everybody would assume, if not know for a fact, that I fucking hate Electronic Arts, John Madden football, actual football, any kind of football. Um, what about Football. I mean, like, like European global football. I don't know. Yeah, like soccer. soccer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like soccer. Okay, figures. So I, I, but um, I really can't stand football. And so what actually happened was, um, I was in the market for a PSP, and as you know, you still can't buy a white one in the U.S. Although you could buy the Star Wars one, it has a fucking Darth Vader on the back of it. So um, I didn't want that. Dude, if you don't like Darth Vader, you are not American. Sorry. Oh, Darth Vader's fine. I just don't want him on my PSP. Why not? I just want a white PSP, like what's been available in Japan for like four years. 
That's all I want, and they just won't sell it. So I'm looking around for something that's not the normal black one. And there's the Jack and Daxter one. Um, See, you want to hate on Darth Vader. God. And then there's the no, no. Then there's the God of War one with like you know ultra extreme bald muscle man on the back of it. So um, I look. I asked the guy about the the Madden one, which is blue, and. I said, does it say anything on it? Does it have John Madden's big fat head on the back of it or anything? No, it doesn't. You know, does it say EA on it? No, it says nothing. It's just totally blue. So I had him open it up and show it to me, and there it is. It's all just blue. God, you are just a cock of a, <laughs> a fucking customer, aren't you? <laughs> no, not really. I mean, open the PSP, show it to they, me. They don't move. They don't move very many PSPs. Most stores don't. They're gonna be like, uh, wow, this guy might actually buy one of these things crap um yeah it's blue <laughs> so anyway i'm like well how much is uh it comes with madden it comes with some stupid movie all about football and it comes with a one gigabyte capital m memory capital s stick and uh madden's worth 20 dollars in trading so <laughs> i just traded it in immediately as i bought it and got a blue psp yeah it's worth 20 dollars now like a month from yeah, now, in a week it'll be at twenty cents. Yeah, it's it's worth nothing. Those yearly uh, release titles crack me up. Usually, I think a, I think a year old Madden game, if it's on a mainstream system, when I was working at the store, it was like seven dollars in trade in and nine dollars, nine dollars ninety nine cents for sale. When the new one was fifty, and then the year after that, it was usually a quarter. A quarter. Cents. A Holy 25 shit. cent trade in. Yeah. Does anything in and the people world trade value in. like that? People Damn. trade them in. They're like, I can't stand having this around my house. I need the quarter. Because <laughs> that's how fucking useless the game is to them. They need the stats. I guess. Really bad. Because I can't even tell the games apart. You know? Hey, look, it's that guy. And there he is again, you know, in another game. It's the same thing. But they change the stats, and then, you know, people want stats. So anyway, I have no uh, I have no input on John Madden 09 because I never never played it. Oh, we're all disheartened. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's anticlimactic. Uh, I haven't gone completely insane. Sorry. Um, so I got the machine, and for it I uh, bought Space Invaders Extreme, which is actually pretty good because they come out with Space Invaders games like all the time. Like, it seems like every three months there's a new Space Invaders game. And most of them are just pretty much the 1977 or whatever it was arcade game. And you're just kind of not very impressed. But every once in a while you get a good one. This is one of the good ones. And it's kind of like uh, Res-ish. It's like Res. And it was... I played it on DS originally. And I, and I like that one. And that one is kind of better because it works with a Rumble Pack. There is no rumble for PSP that I know of. So the PSP one doesn't shake. However, the screen is, you know, 16 times as big. So you get to see all the 3D effects and they all look, you know, they're much bigger. Um, I sort of got this in anticipation of Macross Ace Frontier, Frontier Aces, whatever, uh, coming on September. Looks like it's going to be good. And a couple old Super Robot Wars games. My main, uh, thing that I've been dinking around with it is trying to get videos to play on it, which is excruciatingly difficult. Because the newer versions of the firmware 
which obviously I have since it's a new machine, broke video compatibility with like a lot of videos. So most of the programs that are like made for transcoding video to PSP's very, very, very specific format list don't work anymore, even though they used to work. So you drop all the files in there and they're just like, this is unsupported or this is corrupted or whatever. Can't you just and like hacksaw your shit and make it work? Well, I haven't tried that yet. Um, eventually I'll maybe get around to that. But yeah, I was like trying all to, my friends I was trying to get the PSPs. documented features list to work before I went and started exploring things. I did download um I went and looked for some movies online that were already in PSP format to see if those would work because I thought I had a problem like my memory stick was busted or some shit. And I downloaded somebody's um South Park movie and it plays fucking perfect. So I know that it works as long as you have exactly the right stuff. But I don't know if if he just um if he just took it right off a UMD movie version of it and like somehow hacked it so it would work off a memory stick or what. I got a more experimentation to do. I do know that there are some programs that are updated enough to work with the new firmware, but for now they're only Windows, so I haven't touched them yet. Um we'll see about that. Yeah, you just need to hack that thing into oblivion. Like everyone I know that has a PSP immediately just hacked it. They're all enjoying life much more. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I just got it. You know, <laughs> haven't done. Inexcusable. <laughs> don't don't get your <laughs> hardcore pass revoked, son. You better move. You know the newest version of. Uh, actually, it's not even the newest version, but newer versions of IPSP, which is like a. Uh, transcoder program and it backs up all your save files and all that other shit. If you have hacked firmware that allows you to mount the UMD on your desktop, it'll actually like just back up your games right off the fucking drive. And you can manage them all right from there. It's like hilariously cracked. The PSP is. Oh yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Super cracked. The uh, It's just so disappointing that like th this is such a Sony thing. For, for for me to be fucking with this video, trying to get this video play to play for days, having almost no success. This is so Sony. They always do this crap. I swear they must have some sort of agenda. Like, make playing video so difficult that everyone just thinks mobile video sucks, and then, you know, we won't have to worry about it. I'll tell you what their agenda is. I don't know. Their agenda is that they have lost more money in the PS3 generation than they've made in the PS2 generation. Yeah, yeah. They, well, they might have done that, yeah. But, I mean... The thing is, like, if you have an iPod and you want to put a movie on it, it is not even slightly hard. I mean, it's so easy. It's 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 not as easy as we'd like it to be, but the basically, if it plays in QuickTime, which on my computer, almost every single movie you can get plays in QuickTime, then all you do is just say export it as iPod compatible and just works. And it's total bullshit that, that Sony doesn't even sell a program that transcodes video. And yet they have an incredibly narrow uh, format to use. It, I mean, doesn't that just basically say they don't want you to use that feature? Essentially, I yeah. Mean, I mean, why don't they just sell you the... Pro they should just give you the program with it for free. When you buy an iPod, you get QuickTime. You don't get a good version of QuickTime, but you get the, you know, QuickTime. There exists no good version of QuickTime. Well, I don't know. It works. Uh, it's one of those programs, I think. It, I've, I've used iTunes and QuickTime under Windows. And I must admit, it is significantly less pleasant. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's different. You won't you, know. you won't find a Windows user whose player of choice is QuickTime. No, no, because it wouldn't make any sense. Yeah, everyone's you, on use Media Player media Classic, player class. VLC, yeah, yeah, that's something much like that. And yeah, so no one likes to use QuickTime on Windows. It's understandable. Yeah, it's considerably more but smooth yeah, and integrated. Hack your stuff it. down. Yeah. Everyone in the world has done it. We won't even give that more time because every other podcast, I'm sure, has already done it. Yeah, I'm a little late to the party on that. We'll get around to it eventually. Um, what else? Let's see. It's speaking, so I sort of got this with Macross Ace Frontier in mind, which is a new Macross game kind of based on the new show. Uh, it also has all the other macro shows in it. And so that's the really impressive thing, <laughs> is that I've been watching new anime. It's a sequel to Macross, and it's actually pretty good. Uh, Macross Frontier, it's still on the air. I think it's got a couple more weeks left before it runs out. I'm not sure how long it's going to run. Um, but it's decent. Uh, it does have, like, it's not actually directed by Shoji Kawamori, like the old shows. But it is, um, large, like, he did do the mecha designs, and he did, uh, he's, like, creative executive director or something like that. Um, the budget is fairly high. Uh, Yoko Kano does all the music. Um, the, the, they, they do spend a lot of money on animation. They also dink around with the opening and the intro, no, intros and the outros. You know, like, a spacing intro and weird spots in the show or coming up with new intros you only use once um, that kind of thing it does have CG mecha which makes it probably the first CG mecha show I've ever watched that I liked um, I don't really enjoy the mecha scenes very much but they're not horrible and I guess the rest of the show is, is good enough to um, make up for the robot puppet looking robots instead of you know the more dynamic fluid rubber robots that are normally uh, like um, and then uh, another show I've been watching or another movie I watched recently is uh, Birth which is they say it's an OVA but I don't know I can't get an exact answer on that it's described as an, an, uh, an OVA it looks like a feature it's from 1984 and it has, um, it's basically a story about, um, this planet and these, uh, this gr small group of people. You don't even have an idea of what kind of civilization is on the planet because it just focuses on the small group of people. And you know that there's a conflict between the humans and the inorganics, which are sort of like robot people or something. And the, uh, this super weapon that is scaring the shit out of everybody and really the plot is extremely thin and that's kind of the case with a lot of 80s anime features is they would have very vague settings and I always kind of liked that because it made you think about what else was out there in the universe or just around the corner because it, it, it was so narrowly focused but in obviously a humongous world um, there are some interesting uh, talents involved in this one. Uh, Joe Hisaishi, who does like most of the music for all the Miyazaki movies, he does a soundtrack for this. If you like his early um, cheesier synthesizer stylings, now he does all symphonic stuff mostly. But if you like his old-fashioned stuff like Nausicaa and Robot Carnival stuff, I think he worked on Robot Carnival. I don't know. If you like that stuff, it's pretty good. The animation is extremely 
dynamic and uses a lot of full animation, meaning no backgrounds. So like everything on screen is updated every twelfth of a second and is is all full, like constant full animation backgrounds and everything. And the guy who directed it also made the uh, the intro sequence for uh, Genesis Climber Most Beta, which has that scene where like they're all on those motorcycles and like it's really cool looking. Well, the whole movie kind of looks like that. Like there's just tons of like high speed chase scenes and shit. And recently we were talking about Gurren Lagann and how it had an animation style that was more based on extreme fluidity than detail. And that's actually the way this this movie is is it's it's very um, wild and crazy all the time, and the character designs and the robots and everything are very simple, which allows them to draw more frames of animation and make things more dynamic. Um, so you can get this on American DVD. It was released a few years ago. I got it from Netflix. It's pretty good. Um, if you like old stuff, especially like the extremely good like movie quality old stuff from the 80s. This is something you definitely need to see if you, you might not have ever seen it before because I think I saw it before, but I can't remember. <laughs> it's old. All right, so this is 94, right? 84. 84, okay. Yeah. Same year as Nausicaa. Okay. And um, I'm not sure what else. <laughs> People's birth. <laughs> 80, 83 was a good year. 85, 86 were a good year, but I can't remember much else from 84 except Nausicaa. Half our audience birth. was, you know, being birthed. <laughs> 84. Oh, boy. So that's what was so great about that year. Or so bad about it, depending on what you want to classify your own existence as a good or a bad thing. Do you want to return all to nothingness like a nihilistic Final Fantasy boss? <laughs> oh, also I've been playing a lot of uh, Mario Kart Advance speaking of older stuff just trying to um, this has probably happened to you before but I went through this period where on lunch every day I would play like Mario Kart Advance has the Super Nintendo tracks in it mm-hmm. I would play Mario Circuit 4 which is the twistiest one and I would try to get these really good times on it and for like months I would play this game every day at lunchtime and get these really really good times and that was years ago so recently I started playing it again and I I did a lap and it was like almost two minutes not a, not a lap but a five laps it was almost two minutes and then in my best time show up and they're all like one minute 29 seconds I'm like how the fuck do I shave 25% off my time <laughs> uh, so I've been trying to get somewhere in there I'm still like three seconds slower than my fastest ever time. Just trying to figure out how the fuck I ever got that kind of skill. You know, like, damn. I played it a lot, I guess. Must have been what I did. It happens with fighting games a lot, too. I started playing Third Strike again, probably for the same reason that you've been playing some 2D fighters lately. Yep, and uh, I will totally hit that here in a minute. Is that that the end of what you've been playing? If you've been playing it on... uh, uh, 2D Fighters Not Net or whatever. Well, I'll go into it in a second. Is, it, okay. is that the end of what you've been playing? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty okay. much done with that. So, then, speaking of Third Strike, um, I have been testing out uh, CPS3 emulation. And I don't know if on the show before I have, like, went into my dislike of Third Strike. Like, why I feel it lacks, like, the, the fun of the other Street Fighters and how it's like Capcom's abortion child that I don't think they really want to touch. 
So, I mean, I don't like the Third Strike games at all. I don't like the bosses. I don't like the the design direction. I don't like the art style. I don't like the new characters. I don't like parries. I don't like one super. I don't like any of that. I think most people agree with you on that. Uh, Not me, but most people. What you need to do is go to, like, a really shitty neighborhood in Jersey or somewhere in the boroughs of New York. Find a crappy, uh, really filthy, nasty arcade with lots of gunfire outside. Go in there and play with a guy who you think might kill you if you beat him. And it is only then where you will truly grasp the nature of Street Fighter 3. <laughs> <laughs> it's rugged, fuck? man. You have to be rugged with it. <laughs> so you, if you're not escorted to the arcade by like armed guards, like you would be insane. No, no, Nigeria. you'll never get it if you do that. You have to go by yourself. Well, in Nigeria, you get escorted by armed guards to go to the grocery store. Stuff. So maybe well, maybe Nigeria is, is rugged enough for so for us. Uh, you have to get into the mood, and it's and everybody knows that you know to go from like zero three to Street Fighter three is a pretty abrupt change, you know, which is what we did chronologically speaking. Yeah, I mean, like, who wants to get you know fucking face blasted with the world's shittiest rap track? Come on and make your first pick. Let's get it oh, on now. Ten, that's nine, not eight, even seven, slightly the world's worst rap track. God, it's it so much worse than that. Dude, the dude that produced that song is working on Street Fighter 4, and I'm super concerned about that. Like, I am dreading Why? turning on Street Fighter 4 and hearing, Street like, Fighter fucking Street yeah, Fighter rap shit, cause. gotta kick, go, gotta hit, strong, fierce, you know? His, his soundtrack's gonna be the best part of that game. Well, it's the worst part of Street Fighter 3, so... Yeah, and that's how bad Street Fighter sounds. And he's the guy that's... The, the worst part of it is the best part of Street Fighter 4. <laughs> No, That's sad. Street Fighter 3 is, is fail. I don't like it. But I've been playing a whole lot of it, irregardless. Um, the characters Why? I would salvage from Street Fighter 4, uh, probably Elena, because she's different enough to make it into another Street Fighter. You can't bring Dudley over, you know. You maybe could bring Alex. Capcom seems to like Alex a lot. I guess I could see him going. But the rest of the cast, not needed. Necro's like wannabe Dalsum, and gay French dude is wannabe Guile, and like, I don't, I mean, we just don't need any of these dudes to come over at all. So if they want to bring Elena and Alex, they seem to like Ibuki a lot too. Maybe they'll bring her. Hard to say. But, uh. You mean into like a four or an upgrade of four? Right, like. Yeah. If we'll be seeing any more of those guys in the future, I'm kind of curious. Well, for, Although looking for, at four, they brought in like morbidly obese, weird guy, <laughs> and everyone's all upset. You mean Hugo? No, no, no. In four. Oh, They're, I haven't even really been looking at it. I watched a few movies. Yeah, Hugo isn't like, morbidly obese. Like He's like just a really big guy. He's seven foot. He's tall. just ten feet tall. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. Yeah, this guy is like morbidly <laughs> obese. <laughs> Okay. And they did the same thing in Tekken. They brought in, like, this super fat Canadian Mountie. And it's like, I don't know, maybe that's <laughs> the new hot. Fat is the new black. That's what oh you boy. need now. Well, it used to be, you know, black sort of, I think, encapsulated American in a lot of ways, you know, since they don't really have black people in, Sean. <laughs> in Japan. And, and they have fighters, you know. Black people are fighters a lot of times. So, um, 
now they want to, you know, and, and they're done with Texans. <laughs> yeah, I gotta get on Canadian Mounties. That's the new hot. Yeah, Canadian Mounties that are fat. Yep. So, with that in mind, I just want to say CPS3 emulation works perfectly on my laptop. No problems. What are you using, though? CPS3 emulator. That's what it's called? Yeah. <laughs> That's a... So it says across the top of the screen, so... See, that is and why, like, when I hit... programmers are so socially retarded. <laughs> and, like, I open it, Like, they it, come up with know? this brilliant program that nobody could possibly do except them, and then it's command line only. Or they name it CPS3 emulator or something. Yeah, like... Damn, dude, get out. And when you open more. it, the menu just gives you a list of every CPS3 title... And when you double-click it, it searches your hard drive for those files and tries to launch. And it either will or will not. So, so why aren't you using 2DF Freeplay? Because uh, I don't care. I mean, if it works fine, what do I need to find something else for? Well, because 2DF Freeplay does more than CPS3. Yeah. And it works awesome. And you can watch, like, your replays. Like, if you look at the matchup list, you can, like, watch the last fight that the guy was in. Before you pick a fight with them and all that other no, shit. No, no, I don't totally play awesome. online at all. Oh, what the fuck? I'm not interested in playing anyone online. So let me get this straight. You're just playing Street Fighter 3. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I'm just. You're not playing it online with anybody? No, because I'm like in class. <laughs> or like, you know, I'm, I'm at work or something. I don't have time to like arrange an online game. I'm just. Fucking around with it, it. It takes like no time at all. But see, well, like, anyway, imagine look into um, 2DF free play because it's awesome. Well, imagine it's like a handheld game. That's how it is because it's on my laptop. Like laptops are powerful enough now that they run this flawlessly. So it's like it's it's become downgraded to a DS game. What do you do with a DS game? You flip on your DS, you play with it for like 10 minutes, and you go. Do you really want to like try and set up online tournaments for DS games? Not really. I mean, I've done so with. Jump Ultimate Stars and Bleach DS second, and it's really a pain. You got to use IRC. It's the only way to really get it going. But uh, you got to try 2DF replay. I just don't I care. Say. I'm never gonna play anyone online at Street Fighter because well, I don't even have a crazy. controller. Like I'll be playing you on my keyboard. Well, get a fucking controller. Do like everybody but else does and betrays... spend like five hundred dollars a year on joysticks. <laughs> that suck. That's what betrays <laughs> what I'm doing. The whole thing is it looks like work. You know, I'm, so what are you playing Street Fighter 3 with a keyboard or something? Or? I'm actually really good at fighting games with a keyboard. I'm not, like, 100% perfect, but, I mean, I absolutely can do, like, you know, jump-ins to supers and that kind of thing with no, no problem. The keyboard is not a big issue for me, but I wouldn't want to play competitively on a keyboard. I wouldn't even want to try to finish the boss. Oh, God, I hate Gil. Gil is a fucker. Yeah. Because that whole game is easy as hell until you get to Gil. Yeah, and he kills much. you 75 times. They don't They don't know how to ramp up the uh, the difficulty. They have no concept of how to do that, evidently. Yeah, I've only beaten Gil, like, with a couple characters. and Like I said, it's mostly just um, it's just a start-up-and-play thing. I mean, I do the same thing with Mugen a lot, which I think I've mentioned in previous episodes. Um... The other thing that turns your laptop into the world's best gaming machine in the universe is you gotta load up a Dreamcast emulator. I've tested out uh, Chancast and Null DC, and I mean, if you just search Mega Upload or something, you'll get yourself the requisite 
Dreamcast uh, BIOS files that you'll need because they don't come with either program. Um, and then all you do is use like daemon tools to virtualize a drive. That's how one program works. And the other one can just look at the bin files directly. And you load it up and now you can play like the amazing Marvel vs. Capcom 2, Soul Calibur, and CVS 2 on your fucking laptop. <laughs> like, that's that's the dream right there. Like, portable Marvel vs. Capcom 2, like, at full speed and everything. It's just it's fucking awesome. <laughs> it works real good. Um, I would say that sound is a bit of an issue, though. And, I mean, you're going to want a pretty good laptop. You're going to need, like, a dual-core... Two gigahertz yeah. with you know a couple gigs of RAM to pull this off, and you know if your home gaming rig is any good at all, then yeah, you definitely can be using that too. But um, both you know both programs have their strengths and weaknesses. Uh, I believe that every now and then in Chancast, if you're playing Soul Calibur, when you get to the last boss Inferno, like the background kind of drops away because the DC had issues doing a complex background with Inferno's sprites or whatever, it's polygons at the same time. Well, your computer doesn't have that problem, so the frame rate tends to escalate. So you're always playing Inferno in, like, double speed. So there's a little <laughs> bit of a problem with that, but, you know, all in all, I mean, shit, for free, portable, Soul Calibur, Marvel vs. Capcom 2, and CVS 2 probably works the best of all. That's the one I think I've had the least problems with. Uh, I mean, god damn, that's awesome, you know? <laughs> Your 360 isn't going to bring you that much fighting game awesomeness. Nothing will. And then, you know, you chalk it up with the, the CPS3 emulators and your CPS2 emulators, and you'll have every fighting game ever made on, like, a reasonable PC that runs at full, full-screen perfection. Well, the thing is, I kind of went through that... I went through that sensation quite a while ago with when, like... CPS2 and Neo Geo was was perfected because I already have a Dreamcast, so it doesn't, you know. But the really the big thing for me is that laptops are finally strong enough to do this. So now that oh, stuff yeah. is portable, and that that's what I've really been waiting for. Because I mean, I I've mentioned this to Isaiah before, but probably not on the show. Like I'm completely done with computer desks and keyboards and mice. Like I don't do any of that anymore. I, I'm either on my laptop or I'm in my living room in front of my TV. Like, I'm not I'm not going to sit in my room in front of a computer desk and, like, an uncomfortable-ass office chair for hours gaming anymore. I'm way past that. That was cool when I lived in my mom's house, but that shit is passe now. Like, well, I think a lot of people are in that situation. I think, um, like, I, I read this thing where I think more than half of the computers that Apple sells are laptops. Well, but, that's also because laptops of theirs are, like, especially pretty. And even people I know that love PCs and hate Apple will still consider a MacBook just for a pretty factor. They're also not as... The cheap ones aren't as overpriced as their desktops are. Like, there's a real price issue with their desktops lately. It's like, if you don't want a Mac Mini and you don't want the integrated nature of an iMac, you have to pay an ass load of money for one of their computers. Whereas their laptops actually have a more reasonable range. I mean, 999 They're probably so bad. economy of scale. You know, they sell so many MacBooks that you can pass on a little bit of that savings. 
But anyway. Students, too. So yeah. my laptop is an ultimate mega awesome gaming rig. If you have troubles getting the Dreamcast emulators to work, or if you can't figure out how to get your memory cards working or whatever, you know, feel free to go to GameFaceRadio.com, leave some comments. I'll help anyone that's got trouble. But in general, it's pretty easy to get going, and it's pretty fucking amazing. Um, yeah. As far as, like, you know, next-gen stuff, of course, I can't begin to do this show without mentioning Soul Calibur 4. Um, I think I've mentioned a bit before that Soul Calibur 2... I played extremely competitively. Um, I played the like the Chicago scene every week, and the Chicagoans did excellently in nationals. They were probably the best uh, 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 in America and competed on a world scale. So I mean, just by being around that scene, I got really, really good at Soul Calibur too. Better than I've ever been at any game ever, probably. And that will be the last game I forget that good at. <laughs> Soul Calibur 4 is a return to form after the terrible Soul Calibur 3, which was just awful and completely killed the Soul Calibur scene, I think. Um, the only beef I have with this game is, like, and, you know, I already feel the eye roll coming from Zeta, but I'm going to have to say it anyway. I'm trying to get all the achievements. Just... I don't know. I don't have all the achievements on the vast majority of my games, but I'm consumed with the need to get all of Soul Calibur 4s. And I have them all, but two. And really the only one that's a problem is they want you to buy every piece of equipment and every weapon in the entire game. And the problem with that is it just takes too much money. You know, it's like Dragon Warrior 1, where you're just killing goldmen all day long to buy a piece of armor it's the same exact shit you're killing the fucking floor 60 boss and letting him ring himself out over and over again you're getting 12,500 a pop and to get this achievement you need roughly 3 million gold <laughs> so that's like 240 times of killing the boss I mean even at your absolute fastest you're looking at probably 5 hours of just doing that isn't there any way to get money other other ways to get money? Yeah, but they're not nearly as fast. You can beat arcade mode, I think, and rack up ten or fifteen thousand. Or it's like or you can get twelve thousand in like thirty five seconds. <laughs> you know? Every now and then you'll probably beat arcade mode just for a rest from the grind. But the grind is the only way to get this achievement and I hate Namco for this. Like I really wish they had fucking not made everyone have a sword that cost over 20 grand for some reason. Like, I had to kill the main boss. Of, and that boss is supposed to be nearly unbeatable, right? He's supposed to be Shinakuma. The only reason I can even beat him for my 12,500 gold is that he rings himself out all the time. Like, he has one move where he leaps forward. So you basically pick a character that can lay down at will and, like, go to the edge... And he will he keep trying to you. hit you on the ground, and eventually he'll jump and fall out of the ring. Wow. With about, I'd say 65 to 70% chance he'll do that. That's the only way you can beat him. He's basically impossible otherwise. He gets life back so fast that if you try to fight him seriously, he'll kill you, and he'll get the perfect. Because he'll have regened all of his life. He's worse than Gil. 
Like, he is terribly hard to defeat. I don't even... I, I mean, even as a high-level Soul Calibur player, I don't have a good idea on how to beat him. I don't know what you would have to do. Like, what build of character would let you do enough damage to this guy to stop him. Because he just gets life back too fast. So let him ring himself out 240 times till you have 3 million gold. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Then it's finally, two hours, man. you can get the achievement. Well, 240 times, but it takes like an entire minute, pretty much, to to get a rematch going. Maybe a minute and a half. Like it's not fast, because it for some reason since he's the last guy, when you beat him, it kicks you all the way back out to the start menu. You know, it doesn't just give you a quick retry option. If there if that retry option was there, I could rack up money at least three times faster. That's what really pisses me off. So, fuck you very much, Namco, for making an achievement that's that hard to get. It's not as bad as the Mega Man 9 achievements, where one of them is seriously beat the game five times in a day. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, I like that one. Yeah, I bet you do. I mean, that's a mother. That, that's almost that's almost like the uh, Penn and Teller's Busta Reno. Exactly, like thing, it's, it's you know? <laughs> designed to punish achievement whores, I guess. A lot of them are hard, like beat the entire game without getting hit, and just all kinds of obscene shit on Mega Man 9. But this is Soul Calibur 4, so yeah, I have all the achievements, you know, I've played online, I've gotten level 20 in that, and I've, I've done everything. As far as online goes, Soul Calibur 4 isn't the same game online that it is offline. Because online, it's exceedingly hard to block low on reaction. So, if you pick someone like Killick or something with a really big sweeping low, you can probably just wail away with it, and they'll eat a couple before they can start blocking it, and then you start mixing it up into mid-attacks, and you pretty much just win for free. I got like 20 wins in a row, or 25 wins in a row or something with Mitsurugi, pretty much just mixing up low and mid over and over again, because it's too hard to block it on Reaction Online. So... My uh, experience with Soul Calibur is pretty, um, pretty pathetic. I owned the first one on Dreamcast. Um, is that considered the first Soul Calibur or the second Soul Blade? They call it the first Soul. I mean, people don't really care about Soul Edge anymore. Okay, because it's like that's like the same. Anyway, I don't know why they did that. They don't well because um, it was a dramatic reboot. Like Soul Edge and Soul Calibur really played little to nothing alike. They have the same buttons and characters, but the whole engine is totally different. So I had that one for Dreamcast because I got it, my Dreamcast used and everybody had that. And I noticed that the game was, in arcade mode, hilariously easy. But then the um, the story mode, because I'm not into this shit at all, but in the story mode I was engrossed until I unlocked everything. Once I had unlocked everything, didn't give a shit about the game. And I think maybe what they're trying to do with the 360 one is drag... You know, they came up with this idea, hey, let's drag that experience out as far as possible. Well, And then maybe, you know, mainstream people get more enjoyment out of it. The boss that I'm I'm complaining about is the, like, he's at the very end of the Tower of Souls, right? The Tower of Souls is fucking impossible for a casual player. If you don't, like, know how to play Soul Calibur, that tower will be absolutely impossible for you to complete. You'll never see the boss I'm even talking about. Because it takes, basically, 
you know, a pretty reasonable amount of skill to get up to like level 50 or so. But at level 50, it gets so hard that even good players just kind of consider it a lucky crapshoot to get past some of them. Because they're just, they'll have you beat 10 people with just your one life bar. You know, like, it doesn't matter how good you are. Beating 10 people without getting hit is not easy in any fighting game. You know? So. Well, I'm thinking, um, so I, see, I'm wondering, like, is there a difference between, because I don't really understand the techniques of any 3D fighting game, to be honest. Um, so what I'm trying to figure out is, like, there is something different between just being cheap and being good, right? I mean, it isn't like I figured out, you know, I can beat M. Bison with Dal Sim by just walking backwards and hitting Roundhouse over and over again. Are you saying that it requires good something that is like good tournament tactics against this robot or are you just look you just can't find the effective cheap for it well like it... it's not really either one of those it's more like you know being able to gi like mix-ups on reaction like you know that's a tournament skill but that will be useful to you in trying to beat these robots cuz they can be gi they can be you know you can sidestep their bees on reaction and punish like the things that you need for a tournament are still going to be exceedingly useful at winning these matches and some mm -hmm. of them aren't some of them can only be beaten with a cheap like you're explaining with a dalsam fierce kick there's one there's one boss that can really only be beaten with siegfried's ducking throw because it's the only ducking throw in the whole game and it's like the one weakness this boss has so, yeah, there is a, a cheap for a couple of the levels, but a lot of them, like, yeah, you just need to really know how to play the game. Or you just won't be able yeah, to Yeah, I never past. learned how to play the game because it, was, it wasn't needed in order to beat the arcade mode. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the first Soul Calibur, I beat the whole game in the arcade without touching the joystick. And in the home version, um, the long, the story mode, or Edge Master mode or whatever it is, mm -hmm. that was relatively fun, but you never actually had to learn how to play the game. Yeah, see, Edge Master easy. mode was fun. Tower of Souls is like punishment for something. Like, Namco's pissed that you didn't buy <laughs> Soul Calibur 3, and, like, as a result, you're being punished in Soul Calibur 4 for your insolence. Because it is just, it's maddening. And then even after you beat it, like, then there's a, a decent version where you just get two guys, and they just keep throwing bad guys at you until you die. You know, survival mode type. And if you don't survive to floor 20, you won't get, like, the unlocked treasure for it or whatever. It's just, it's like, they just made this game to really anger completionists, I think. Really punish them. Because it's brutal. Good. It's, Those people are gross. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. It's pretty brutal. <laughs> um, but all in all, it's a, it's a good return to form. The game's amazingly well-balanced for not having been in the arcades. There's really only a couple of tweaks that are really need-fixing. For instance, Raphael's BB, like, it's a it's a linear move, right? It's a poke. So you think, oh, I'll just sidestep that shit. Except for it automatically turns to wherever you are. Like, <laughs> like you can be, like, three-quarters of the way behind him. He presses B. He's instantly turning and poking you in the face. So that... And I'm assuming you can go from BB to BBB? No. No, it's not a high damage no. thing, but it's just like it's fast and it auto seeks and it hits mid. 
Like, there is no other move in the game that has that kind of stack up. You know, usually if it's fast and it hits mid, it's very linear and easy to sidestep. Or, you know, if it hits mid, then typically, like, it doesn't do much damage or it's real easy to see coming, like... Oh, uh, wait, so he's the Eddie Gordo in this game. No, he's not. Like, he's no? he's usually a pretty technical guy, but there's just this one buggy move he's got in this game. Like, it needs to be fixed. Because BB Cause just normally, interrupts if you play everything. against some kid... If you play against some kid in Soul Calibur and all he does is match the same button, he's going to run off in the corner if you sidestep him. He's just going to keep right. going. He and has now, to stop pushing buttons. This character will auto-turn towards you and keep interrupting your moves. Yeah. Which is annoying. Especially if you're playing like you know, an Astaroth or a Siegfried. Like someone that needs a little bit of time and space. Yeah, a little space. Yeah. Like, you know, those guys get rushed down by just this BB pressing fool. Now if you're Mitsurugi or Zhang Wan, this is no problem for you, really. You're just going to cut them to pieces. But it's annoying. And online, BB is an amazing tool. Because people, you know, are much worse online than they are in real life. Yeah, yeah. Just from you the have to lag use all and sorts stuff, of so. different techniques. Yeah. yeah, like, it's a wholly different game online. And there's a lot of shit that works online that wouldn't work in person. And you just got to got to take online like it's a flash game or something like when you lose at a flash game do you get mad no it's just a flash game you don't care you got to take you got to take soul calibur 4 online just like that you know it's losing at checkers or something like you just don't give a shit it's like oh well you know what can you do anyway that's enough of what i've been playing as you can see it's been a heavy fighting game month for me fighting games are bizak full effect and, you know, then there's yeah, Street Fighter 4 on the year old Dreamcast too. game you're playing is really awesome, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> ah, it is. That's why it never went away. Yep, yep. Those The the holy trinity for me has always been MVC 2, CVS 2, and Soul Calibur 2. But I can only play Soul Calibur 1 on my laptop. There's no, no PlayStation 2 MU Soul no Calibur 2 emulator? for me that I've played yet. But... I guess I should get on that at some point. Cause Seems like there'd be a good cube emulator by now. You know, I should look into it, but I bet, I bet my one. laptop couldn't stack up to a GameCube emulator. Dreamcast is pushing it, you know? Uh, yeah. I wonder That's if it was going to be a little bit further. Although, you know, the, the GameCube, I guess, probably isn't much better than the Dreamcast hardware-wise, is it? It's not really that far above it, no. Mm. Oh, there's my. It's also a very simple machine, so they don't have to emulate too many different processors. Yeah, that's a project for me to look into because the GameCube version is the version of choice for Soul Calibur 2. Yeah, it yeah. ran the cleanest what's and the best, in my opinion. I didn't like. What's the, What's the version of choice for the new one? Um, for all the tournaments and official competitions and whatnot, it they're all gonna be on PS3. Because, you know, they got to be compatible with Japan and, like, Europe oh. and such, where the 360 is not just exceedingly dominant. Oh, you know, something I should say about playing fighting games online. If you buy a PS3 Hori Real Arcade Pro, you can plug it into your computer and use it. So, keep that in mind. If you go out to buy a uh, really fancy... And it, I don't think it works on 360, even though it has USB ports. It might. I don't know. All I know is I know somebody who bought uh, Harp 3, and uh, it's pretty good, and it costs a shit ton of money, and but 
it's 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 very much a total solution for PS3 and and uh, computers at the same time. Plus, it has a really good. Um, you can flip the switch, and you can make the joystick be a badly implemented and badly implemented emulation of either the left or right analogs. So that if you need it to do something in the game, like pick an option or something, you can do it. And if you build your own stick, that's not very easy to do. Yeah, my um, so it's, it's worth the money for that. My Moss stick from back in the day has that option. Big yellow for PlayStation. Big yellow push button that emulates the Dual Shock controller. Oh yeah, that's cool. Yeah, like I, I, my poor Moss, like it's all just dusty and doing nothing, and I have no way to convert that to a 360 controller that I know of, and. I have two Soul Calibur 2 Hori sticks for the PS. They work for the GameCube, and then I sold my GameCube and modded them to work on the PlayStation 2, since I still had that version. And then, you know, now my PlayStation 2 doesn't get any play. And I really wanted them to work on the Xbox, because the Xbox has, you know, MAME or whatever, so it has basically, like, every old-school fighting game ever is on the first Xbox. Mm -hmm. And I never did find a converter that makes that work right. For a PS2 on Xbox One? Yeah. And now um, I've still got these PS2 sticks and they don't work on the 360. Yeah, you either. can get, there is something that does it. I don't know. But anyway, so that's that's the boat I'm in. Like, I don't really want to buy another $30 controller to, to play Soul Calibur on, um, on the 360 because I'm not going to play competitively. I played, you know, one of my back-in-the-day competitive friends, and he just totally annihilated me because he was still very technical on Soul Calibur 3. Um, and, you know, because he was still so good at Soul Calibur 3, he just really destroyed me, and I, I had no business being in the ring with him. So I probably won't play that much uh, Soul Calibur 4 competitively. But anyway, enough enough of Soul Calibur. Um... Uh, I did go to Anime Iowa, as promised, last episode. And boy, how I felt outside looking in. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. You know, Anime Iowa was definitely an experience. Like, I mean, you know, it's hard to say. <laughs> I, I've got some, some pretty great pictures. I, I went around and just tried to find, like, the failingest cosplayers I could to kind of just have like a a mosaic of human wreckage to survey at a later date. <laughs> so like Anime Iowa was alright, you know, I didn't do that much. I tried to watch some of the stuff in the um the viewing rooms or whatnot, but like it was mostly populated by people, you know, eight to ten years my younger or ten years my senior. <laughs> Oh, they still had older. Like I saw a guy there that I had recognized from the first anime Iowa, ten years ago or whatever when that was. He was still there. Uh, possibly twelve. Yeah, I mean, I I saw a few people like this. Oh no, I think the first time I was nineteen ninety eight or ninety seven, one of the two. But um, yeah, I recognized a couple people from the first one of that. And like, I have this really old anime Iowa shirt, and I saw a couple people that were wearing it. So there was there was still some old school love there. Um, it took place in Coralville, which isn't as much of a national disaster area as Cedar Rapids, but it's still a disaster area. So, yeah, it's completely wrecked. Um, you know, 
half the restaurants in Coralville were closed, and there wasn't a lot of places for us to go. But uh, I did get some great mm. pizza over at the Edge, so it was pretty good. Um, I don't think that people of our age probably should be at anime cons anymore. You know, you you might be right about that. Yeah, but um, the fighting game room was still in somewhat good swing. My my competitive friend who I just mentioned uh, had brought his 360 rig with Soul Calibur 4 and all the sticks and stuff. But like, you know, they had Guilty Gear over there running on a PS2, and like no one touched it the whole day. Like it was always just one guy playing against the computer because no one wanted to play Guilty Gear. That's kind of a sign of yeah. its popularity. Yeah. That's the sign you're supposed to change the game. Yeah, and um, Smash Brothers was packed day and night all the time. Yeah, I bet. They had two Smash Brother things, and they were running all the time, and the Naruto fighting game was real popular too. So can't blame companies for making these casual-ass games. Um, the one real highlight of the, the viewing room for me was uh anime that I've now started watching at home called Mahojin Guru Guru, which is from 1994. Um, it's basically like it pokes a little bit fun at RPGs, especially like SNES-era RPGs. Like it has a narrator, and like people get confused, and people get like poisoned, and like it... It looks real like chibi and childish looking, and it, but it's just so cleverly written. Like at every yeah, turn, a... they they kind of surprise me and and keep me laughing. So I highly recommend Mahojin Guru Guru. The torrent's a little tough to find, but it's out there, and it's seeded at like 700k a second. So once you find it, like you'll have it real fast. It's about eight gigs. There, that's a very um, that was a very thick era for fantasy anime. That was right around the time when Slayers was out. Right, um, like Mahojin half. Guru Guru doesn't have anywhere near the production value of Slayers or anything, but it's just it's clever. It's clever. If it doesn't charm you in the first you know, three or four episodes, like you probably will not wind up watching it, so you might as well just ignore it, you know? If it doesn't hook you right away, then, you know, I don't know what to tell you. But um, I still recommend it. I, I say go get Guru Guru. I don't care if it's 14 years old now. You know, <laughs> do it. Um, and then the new show that I watched is a favorite of a lot of people um, on the anime threads that I frequent. Uh, they, it's a show called Lucky Star, which... Seems to be kind of a slice of life about four schoolgirls or whatever, and one of them is like an otaku, like in every sense of the word, like is into mecha and hentai and dating sims and you know every every totally annoying thing about being a big anime fan. So you know everyone's like, oh, you know she's she's gonna hit you with all these jokes that are relevant to you know your world. You're gonna love Lucky Star. It's gonna be great. Lucky Star might have been good if a show called Azumanga Daio didn't exist already and was a million trillion times more funny. Like, I swear to God, there's a part in the first episode of Lucky Star where they sit around and talk about what pastries they like to eat for 
uh, five and a half minutes or so. It's like you're being grieved by animators. You know? Like, why would they want to do this to you? Why would they want to, like, make you watch these girls talk about pastry for five or six minutes? I couldn't fathom what was going on. And I kept waiting for the punchline and just never came. Like it, <laughs> that was the punchline. Like, yeah, the punchline's like, you got Sucker, tricked. We bored you. You watched the Lucky Star. <laughs> Fuck you. They'll teach you to pirate anime. <laughs> you got griefed into watching Lucky Star. Like, I felt as like two girls one cup or some other like rick roll or something on my sensibilities like it just it didn't f- well maybe that's the maybe that's the play you know because there were the like corporations were putting out bad files on BitTorrent and stuff that just didn't play or whatever and they were truncated maybe they've gotten to the point now where they're actually making entire shows and they're good files they're just bad shows yeah i, I don't know i don't know what the deal with lucky stars i don't know why people like it i still have kept it around I will try to get to it at a later date, like, but it's gonna be really hard to get up the gumption to try and sit through more of it, cause, you know, egads. Like, it did have one funny moment where she's like talking about like how they encountered a foreigner and like the foreigner is guile, and she hurricane <laughs> kicks him or something, and it's like, ho ho, you know, fighting game reference. I gotcha, but like the other 28 minutes or whatever are just way too painful to want to sit through to watch Lucky Star. It's terrible. So I give a neg review to Lucky Star and a positive review to Guru Guru. So the the GF Army knows what to go watch. I think we need new genres. New genres of anime, you know, because I started to watch, like I tried to watch Honey and Clover because everybody said it was so great. But the problem is, having already seen, like, Mice and a Koku and Marmalade Boy... And that other sort of stuff and touch and those other shows, it's kind of like, this is the same thing, only it's now this is currently on the air. Marmalade Boy is, you know, decade plus old. But other than that, it has no reason to be on there. They need to make new stuff. You know, blow my mind. You know what is driving me nuts lately? Hmm. Um... I do all of my anime watching on my 360 when possible. Um, wow, how do you do that? Oh, it's easy. Uh, you just basically like have one of your PCs share the, um, the files using like a program like oh, okay, Tversity yeah. you, you or whatever. stream it with Media Center or whatever, right? Right. Well, I mean, it'll play like any old XVID file, which is you know the majority of anime videos. And this worked excellently, you know, full screen, HD, super high res, great sound, everything looking fantastic, right? And I was streaming it off an old ass laptop, you know, like a P3. So this worked great forever. And then, like, lately there's been a rash of people distributing anime in full HD files or whatever that aren't yeah. compatible with the 360 because they're not in XVID, they're in, like, H264. Yeah, it's yeah. like, you fucking idiots. Why would I want an 800 meg episode of <laughs> Naruto, you know? Well, they've been doing the... They went through uh, a period of that. Remember when DivX was... It seemed to be like it was getting upgraded every day. And it was constantly breaking itself. Old versions wouldn't work and all that other shit. They went through like a long period of that where everyone was like constantly changing their format. And I'm just thinking, what's... What's the point? Unless you're going to... You can't get the 
the file size, most of the stuff at the time was coming from DVD. So there's no point in like seeing an 800 by 600 version of something that's only 500 lines in the first place. And there's no point, if you're not shrinking the file size, then your new format doesn't help. It's fucking pointless. Yeah, like, uh, Date Bio is like probably the largest fan subber in America. I'm just going to say that. I can't verify it, but they do Bleach and they do Naruto. And they're the biggest one that does that. So they probably have a good claim to the throne. Well, they fucking, like, I don't know, ten episodes ago changed formats. So now none of their shit works with the 360 anymore. Like, none of their series do. So I just get an error message from Microsoft when I try to watch them on the 360. And I'm told that the reason why, and this is fucking classic, the reason why is so that you can turn off the subtitles. Like, so they're not hard-coded in the file. They're using some new encoder that lets you turn off the subtitles. So it's an MKV? Maybe. I don't remember. Yeah. The, see, that's pointless to me. Oh, wait, if wait, I wait, want wait, a raw wait. version, I'll buy it. Here we go. So it's like, so I can, so you can, you know, turn off the subtitles. And I was like, well, why the fuck would anyone that is going to your fan sub site want you to be able to turn off the fan subs? What fucking possible motivation is there? And, the, and that, wait, wait, wait. The, the response? Anime music videos. Fuck! <laughs> Fuck you, anime music video makers. First of all, what you guys do is bullshit. It's not talent or (laughs) art. It's bullshit. Check this out. I'm going to take a picture of the Mona Lisa. I want you to give me props for it. Because, you know, I took a picture of it. It's a nice picture of something that's awesome. So, um, fuck anime music videos. There are a couple things wrong with that, being able to turn the subtitles thing off. One is that if I wanted a raw version of the show... I would just buy it on Japanese DVD. The second thing, although you wouldn't do this with Naruto because it would cost you $50,000 because there's so many damn episodes, but the other thing is if you're sending out raw versions of the movie, you're not really a fan subber anymore. You're just a pirate because you're just duplicating the original product. You're not even doing your part, you know. I mean, you are doing your part, but if you, the, the version without it is that's no longer a fan subber's realm. Well... Either way, it's still like on that shady legal ground or whatever. And Aren't there well, more then it people got picked watching. Up, so actually, it's all—it's always illegal all the time. Anyway, fan subs are still. Well, it doesn't illegal. matter. I don't give a fuck what's illegal. I'm talking about the ethics of the situation. Ethics, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I mean, what is the purpose of a fan subber? The, originally, the idea was we translate something that you're going to have a very difficult time enjoying unless we do. And if they're sending out raw stuff, that has nothing to do with that. Yep. So. The I other just thing is, how a, many people watch? Yeah. How many people watch anime on the 360s? A couple thousand, maybe. How many people watch make music videos? Not very many, really. Not as many, I think, as people that watch Naruto on their 360 every week. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's just like, do we really need to to cater to that terrible, terrible audience? No. Yeah. You know, these like, people are. I'm through the catering to these people. They're too catered to. Just look at yeah, them. I mean, it's pretty obvious. I mean, if you if you make anime music videos, like, and you literally just like grab like the latest Linkin Park track, and slam a <laughs> yeah, bunch of like <laughs> screaming scenes from your favorite shonen anime, like mm-hmm. you are a fucking scumbag, and you're you're Tr- truthfully you suck, you're terrible. Truthfully, there there are some extremely entertaining and good mu- anime music videos. The reality is, 
I I can't sit through all the bad ones long enough to find the good ones. I can't think of any that I would ever want to watch. Like I remember one time I went to a show and there were two Ron Mahaff music videos that used the Brian Adams song that was in the Robin Hood movie, and they both <laughs> used most of their footage came from the most recent home video release. So it was like the same fucking video. Oh, God. <laughs> it was it was brutal. I can't believe they allowed them to both be in the program because it was like these are the same video. <laughs> these suck. And they weren't any good, you know, as well as being duplicates of each other. They weren't any good. Yeah. I mean, um, music videos are best left to, you know, Spike Jones and like whoever whoever makes that shit like professionally. Like there's a reason they get money for it and you don't because well, there there are good ones, but what like, like said, what would be it's... good? What's a good music video of someone else's shit? Like what is good? What would uh, what would make you go wow? That's fucking awesome. Um, because I mean, at that, at that point, mind. they're just editing. <laughs> like they're not yeah, doing well, of anything. Yeah, of course they are just editing, but like. that's not really the point. Is it, whether it's an entertaining piece, or is it more entertaining than the official music videos? That's really easy to do. Because official music videos are really boring. Are there official music videos for like anime? Yeah, they're not as big as they are as they used to be, but there are quite a few of them from the '90s. Um, home video releases, Macross, Pat Labor. Um, there's quite a few of them, and they're not usually very, very fun whatsoever. Bobum Crisis. There were two OVAs. They were like 80% music videos. I just it was yeah, a little bit like, of new animation. I can't really you know fathom that. There's an audience there for it's like, I want to watch a show, but I don't want to hear the show. I want to hear some shitty American music at the same time. I think the the audience is probably largely other anime music video makers. Yeah, I think they're just. It's one of those. It's a audiences. big circle jerk of no talent. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or they yeah, they critique yeah. each other's like lack of talent, and that that's what you got. It's an infinite. It's like fucking Magneto in the corner, on another Magneto. <laughs> Um, we, uh, I've got a new, uh, console quirk here. This one, accidental. Um, uh, how to fix the shoulder buttons on your Game Boy Micro or DS Lite. Wait, 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 wait. So, you're actually going to do a console quirk for a console that people might have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you might have this problem. Because I know a guy who the right shoulder button died on two DS Lights and a Game Boy Micro. And the reason why this happens is in the shoulder buttons, as you can tell by pushing them, are micro switches. And they're not the rubbery flat press stuff that's, that makes up the rest of the buttons. And because they go click, click. Inside there, there's a very compact micro switch that is not exactly Sanwa or HAP grade. It is very junky. And it's open face. You can actually see inside the little lever click click and the problem is you put that thing in your pocket a lot and the fuzz and the micro fuzz will get in there and fuck up the contact contact and won't work anymore so i bought a micro from a guy a while ago that didn't have it was perfect except um the air button didn't work and i bought it thinking you know i can fix this i can fix anything i took it all apart and uh by the way the micros are not built like most Game Boy products there is a reason why it costs more than in than the other because at the time the sp was out the sp was like 80 bucks and the micro was 100 bucks and it, you know and you're like it costs the new one costs more than the current one that's uncommon well inside it's built 
uh, more like a one of the glory days Sony mini disc players or something with a has a aluminum steel case and everything it's really special makes it a motherfucker to take it apart it doesn't just pop in half it's it's really complicated it's in the layers and it wraps around and it's asymmetrical but I got it all apart and I used compressed air to blow all the dust out of there and I put it all together and it sort of worked it was better but not reliable so like I played all the way through Final Fantasy 6 without running because I couldn't hit the shoulder button so my party was a little harder than it was the last time I beat the game. Uh, but you could not use it for a game like Astro Boy or Mario Kart, where you absolutely need to have that button to work every single time, or you're fucked. So here's what happened. I fixed it recently for real, accidentally. What I did was, you know, the, mi the micro is very small, um, very, very small. And what I did accidentally was I left it in the pocket of my pants and washed them in the washing machine. And when I pulled the pants out, I'm like, there's something in here. Oh boy, it's my ultra cool Game Boy Micro. Fuck. <laughs> so I took it all up. I took the battery out because the water had killed the battery, shorted it out and depleted the energy. And I set it, I set it down and dried it all out for a couple of days. Then I plugged the battery in and charged it up again. And I turned it on and all the buttons worked. But there was water behind the screen. But, um, and it really stuck out whenever anything white was on the screen. You couldn't see it when it was dark, but when it was white, there'd be like, you know, this blob of water behind the screen. So I'm like, fuck. I sort of fixed it, but I totally broke it at the same time. But then I just let it sit out for a couple of days, and all the water eventually evaporated out of it. And so now this Game Boy Micro is as good as new. Plus, it's clean. <laughs> so are you suggesting people wash their Game Boy Micros in the washing machine? This is what I suggest. Do not leave a like $50 import Game Boy Advance game in the thing. Do not leave the battery in the thing. But if the button is broke, consider consider washing it. Um, I use that Tide that comes in like the natural color. <laughs> Stick it in some something where it won't get smashed to pieces. You know, like wrap, like wrap it in a whole bunch of clothing, but not too tightly or the water won't flow through it wash it a lot of people fix things using a dishwasher and it, i don't know if it worked for that because i think it needs to be submerged because that part is so deep inside there but a lot of people like you can clean the funk out of a keyboard by just throwing in the dishwasher but a keyboard doesn't have a power supply and a screen and all that other shit so i don't know if, how smart of an idea that is all i know is, is a game boy advance without an r button is only quasi useful you have to choose which game you're going to play in it, and your other ones you're going to play in some other Game Boy Advance. I have many things laying around to play Game Boy Advance games, so I wasn't like relying on this too heavily. But I sure am glad that uh, that I fixed it. Wow! Because I like that thing. That's a that's quite a tale. It it harkens back to the old Nintendo Power article that we've all seen back in you know 1989. Like a mother wrote in about how her son had flushed his Game Boy and four games into the toilet and she pulled it all out and let it dry and it worked and she just wanted to thank Nintendo for making such an amazing product that didn't break even when fully submerged. Yeah, that original Game Boy was a tank. That thing was, they're, they're, you know, they're basically all still working unless they were smashed or burned or something because they're so tough. On the other side of that, you have the PSP, which, okay... It's an amazing piece of electronics. 
Okay, even though there aren't any good games for it. It's an amazing piece of electronics. But when you hold it, like when I like when I was playing Mario Kart and I was getting those killer times on it and everything, this is like I, I did all that on an SP originally. Now I'm trying to do it on a micro, that might be part of my problem. But I'm doing it on an SP and, and I'm playing this track over and over and over again. And I and when I, when I fuck up a corner I just hit start retry and I'm back at the starting line instantly. And I'm and I'm totally like manhandling this machine you know like my hands are totally wrapped around it so I can hit the buttons just right because you need all the buttons and you know there's basically drool collecting on it and I'm totally into it you know fiercely playing Mario Kart you just can't do that with a PSP when you hold it it's like a giant birthday cake you know you're like carefully oh I hope I don't tip it or drop it or or anything because it's so fucking fancy and delicate has an optical drive in it and a Wi-Fi antenna and all that other shit and, it's, and, and the screen is so beautiful. It's blurry, but it's so fucking bright. You know, you're like, this is amazing. This, I can't game on this. <laughs> yeah. I'll break it. You know? <laughs> you know what's awesome? Search the internet for the words Game Boy and Toilet. As it turns out, that phrase appears like 1.1 million times. <laughs> like... Everyone yeah, be PSP dropping plans. their portable handhelds into toilets worldwide. You know why? Because people play them on the toilet. Exactly. A lot. Like, even as kids. And in fact, during the 90s when there were all those handhelds that didn't have lights in them, but they were color, like, everyone would always say, like, you know, you get the best visibility on a toilet. For some reason, toilets and airplanes. <laughs> because it's the compl- it's the fluorescent lights. Airplane toilets? Airplane toilets? I haven't tried it. Never used one. <laughs> Too frightened. I'm afraid. Really? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just never. And you know, usually when I'm waiting for a plane, it's two hours of sitting around doing nothing. There's so much time to use the bathroom that, you know, never needed one. Got better control over my uh, my faculties. Well, next when you fly to Japan, <laughs> that'll that'll yeah, well, that's that'll different. break you. Uh, that'll break you. My flights are usually less than two hours. <laughs> Fucking goddamn! In in case I haven't mentioned this on the show before, I count the flight to Japan and back from Japan as one of the worst experiences of my entire life. Like I can, imagine. I have rarely I been more miserable. Did you go business? No, I didn't have that. Kind See, of I money. would try the business because the I mean that extra foot of legroom after eighteen hours is really gonna matter, <laughs> dude. It, it, I hope you like the extra like. Five hundred dollars or whatever. I mean, maybe that that still sounds like a lot of money now, but I mean, I was like fucking twenty-one or whatever. It was a shit ton of money to me back then. That was like half my spending money, you know. It's like I could either go yeah, buy yeah. five hundred dollars worth of anime and video games, or I could have an extra foot. Which one do you think your friends well, is gonna th- like? Rep? Yeah, but I'm saying is nowadays like plane tickets are a little different. You know, you buy them online, you buy them with a huge like advance into the future and that business class stuff isn't always that expensive although it's probably more expensive on transcontinental than it is yeah within because they know that you'll pay within the u.s it's like it's like 25 bucks sometimes you only fly two hour flights that's why it's only 25 bucks you fly any kind of six to eight hour flight it gets pretty expensive yeah a couple hundred bucks for that extra leg room because some rich business dude will totally pay it you also get more liquor i think the liquor's free I don't know. I don't drink. Or in the back, only the pop. Is Although, cool. if I did drink, that flight to Japan and back me had not been so yeah, you horrible. Might, you, you probably should have I drank. I should have fucking <laughs> just tore up and took like 15 NyQuil shots and 
been totally out of it the whole time. Probably wouldn't have been nearly as bad. But instead, I, like, read the entire book, The Untouchables, played, like, four hours of Neo Geo Pocket, like, listened to, like, two MP3 CDs, and, like, I, was, I just yeah, had I, so I much really, time. Um, I really, really, really hate flying. And it was, um... It's terrible. Yeah, it was super cramped. And like super But I guess hot. if I had part of it is if you had a lot more time. See, the part of it is if you do like a two-hour flight, and the flight is so short, and there's so much takeoff and runway. Like the amount of time you're allowed to dink with electronics is fairly small. But I I could conceivably get absorbed into you know beat a Final Fantasy game or something on my way to Malaysia. You know, but there's like really not any time to do that. You know those people they get on the plane, they turn on their laptop, it finally powers up. They type one offline email that won't be sent until they get back to a network connection. Then they close it up and it's time to land again. It's like, why did you even turn that fucking thing on? It's pointless. Yep. If you see me on an airplane, I'll be the guy that's playing Soul Calibur and Marvel vs. Capcom on his laptop two aisles in front of you. <laughs> I'm usually I'm usually doing something with, you know, the old media, like a book, because it's just easier to whip it in and out of the bag and read it and... And not only that, but no one's going to come around and tell you to turn it the off. The problem is, is, like, I don't have time to finish a book ever. Like, I could start one on an airplane, but I don't know when I would ever get back to it. Like, Will you read the magazine? Like, books used to be, like, a, a big part of my life, and now they're a non-existent part of my life. Mostly because books are not something you can enjoy collaboratively. And once you're married, like, a lot of your stuff that you did when it was just you by yourself, like, kind of goes out the window. Everything's got to be collaborative. So you watch movies, you listen to music, and you you play video games, or you, you do something that takes up both of your time simultaneously. Because you've well, got the 50-inch plasma locked up, and the other person can't do shit <laughs> when you're just playing a single-player game or something. Here's what I've learned. We all do everything by ourselves. We're born by ourselves, we die by ourselves, and everything we do in between. I think you expressly are not ourselves. born by yourself. I think unless you're some kind of Yeah, yeah, but they're doing creation. something else. <laughs> they're not doing what you're doing. I mean, sooner or later you got to it, it well put it this way. I've seen people who you know, one will one will read a book while the other one watches T V and um there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, that doesn't seem to... In fact, it's probably the the better solution than trying to find, you know, watching Don't Mess With a Zohan because it occupies both of you. You know... <laughs> it tortures both well, of you. I would like to does. say that Scenario 1 is in my future, but I realistically probably... It's going to be Scenario 2. Like, okay. my wife does not like me to, like, walk into a dark corner and read nerd books for hours, you know? She wants to talk to me, like... And I can't talk to the book. I can't talk about the book with her because she didn't read it, you know? So it's like I had this yeah. experience that I'm all excited about that, like, she has no frame of reference for and isn't interested in. So it, like, it causes a little bit of disconnect there, you know? She doesn't want to yeah, hear well, I've about... Yeah, I've seen that go too far, too. Yeah, the, she doesn't want to hear about the Star Wars expanded universe, you know? Well, nobody does. <laughs> See, that's the thing. I know people that read, like, tons of sci-fi. And and I don't know what's up with them because I can't read tons of sci-fi because almost all of it is garbage. You know, like people actually watch the sci-fi channel. Yeah. Like the sci-fi channel is full of sci-fi. Sounds great, right? Yeah, but it's all the crap. Well, 
It's like, oh, wow, how much Babylon 5 and Stargate can you possibly ram down somebody's throat? Don't don't trip on Battlestar Galactica, though. Battlestar Galactica is a fucking five-star amazing piece of sci-fi. Yeah, I don't really like it, but I I can tell that it's better than Stargate Atlantis. Well, fuck yeah, it hopes (laughs) it's better than, like, half the Star Treks and... Like, all of the new oh, Star Wars. Oh, it's got to be better than 90% of the Star Treks to even be watchable. Well, you know, it's it's up there with, like, Next Generation stuff, you know. The, the top tier. I thought it was too... too. It was just too... Um... It is very military. No, everyone takes themselves so fucking seriously, and it's, and it's all, like, all hardcore, and people getting pissed off and hating each other. It's like ER in space. Well, the thing is... I don't really like that. That's why I like it. Like it's not a big. Yeah, I, I know that's why everybody likes it. Dream like it is like what kind of. I mean, what happens when you don't have a planet to go back to? What do you do? How, well, no, I've seen tons of that. I mean, I like '80s anime. It's pretty much every one of them is about that. Yeah, but they but always I'm have these like, super dimension ultra forces or whatever. Like, it's just a loose collection of like a few ships. You know, humanity's numbers are. I just reduced don't like the people yelling at people. each other. But people yell it's basically, when they're under stress. Yeah, but isn't there ever a moment where they're not under Well, yeah, there is. Like a 30-second anecdote or whatever. You haven't watched all of it, obviously. Is there an onsen episode? That's my, <laughs> that's my question. Is there one? Because I wait, haven't wait, seen wait, it. Let me think. I gotta, I gotta <laughs> seriously consider this. There is, uh, there is a couple like things like that. One of the ships that survived is like some super expensive cruise liner. So like, <laughs> there is a place you can go for your off time to chill out. I don't know if it specifically has an onsen, but, you know, it's got, like, it actually has, like, a whole park in it, like, trees and birds and everything in space. Yeah. yeah. So it's not always gritty and, and drama-filled. Like, it's a funny show, too. But um, it I, I've never watched the original Battlestar Galactica. Like, that is not my kind of thing. You know, big tinfoil robots. I, from the I did, 70s. but I was like five when I Yeah, it's like I, I don't watch that shit. And this show, I never wanted to watch, but one by one, every last one of my friends fell to its mighty wrath, till I was forced to to finally sit down and watch it. And yeah, it. And you know, okay, you could take my word for it, but I have read all of the New Jedi Order, which you know. <laughs> That automatically disqualifies me from being normal. However, my wife, who hates sci-fi and doesn't watch any sci-fi and doesn't read any sci-fi, loves the show as well. Because it just it crosses the boundary of being another spaceship show with aliens and lasers and shit. Well, I'm, I'm glad that it, you know somebody likes it and entertains people and everything, but I just it's too... Uh... I don't, there's got to be a word for it's it. It's the best thing that's going to come out of Sci-Fi Channel. That was my only, my only thing. Well, that, yeah, well, it's because it was co-funded by BBC. Yeah, it's like that whole channel can, what they know what to do you know, with. it's pretty much a waste except for BSG. Well, you know, they made a, uh, they made a their own version of Riverworld, Filippo's A Farmer's Riverworld. They did a pretty decent job with that, but now they have wrestling. So these are getting even worse. They have wrestling. It used to be just bad side. Yeah, they have wrestling. Wrestling is on like actual wrestling, is on the Sci-Fi Channel. Like pro wrestling, like yeah, Macho like, Man I stuff. Think, um, I think it's TNA. That's on Spike TV, isn't it? Yeah, but I think it's 
There's some sort of wrestling on Sci-Fi Channel. Ugh. And they also have a reality show of some sorts. Who wants to be a superhero? Yeah, who wants to be a reality show on this science fiction fucking channel? Dude, who wants to be a superhero? Season 1 was an epic show. Don't care. It's not fiction. Yeah, but it, it was epic. <laughs> it was epic. That's all I'm telling you. It was amazing. And it certainly isn't sci-fi because it was like fucking superpowers. Like, you just, you know, you've heard about these people existing out there somewhere, but to see them <laughs> and to, to watch them <laughs> interact with other human beings and see Stan Lee kind of egging the whole thing on and, like, like Stan Lee is, like, their god hero and, like, they, they worship his altar and, like, it was just, it was an amazing piece of film to watch. Like... You know, people had quit their jobs and, like, lined up for six hours and made their their homemade superhero outfit from paintball armor and hope and, you know, (laughs) cobbled together this, like, (laughs) this character from scraps of their favorite superheroes. And, you know, they were just letting it all hang out on national television. Like, it it was a train wreck. It was fantastic. Like yeah, I prefer Star Trek. It was it was awesome. So I I will say the first season was definitely worth watching just because of the like wow factor of it all. And Stanley, you know he he knows how to sell product. Guy is a That's slick sure. as hell. Yeah. He's quite an entrepreneur. Did you, oh and did you see the Dark Knight? Do you want to call? Him I that? guess while we're on this topic. No. You didn't see the Dark Knight. Uh, the second new Batman movie? Yes. No. You didn't see it. Why? No. The um, listeners want to know why. I don't need a reason to not see it. I need a reason to see it. No, you need a reason to not see it. No, I don't believe in like that. You're, I need a reason to not breathe. Like you're, you're, I need a reason to not go to work. <laughs> I don't need a reason to not see it. I mean, are we going to have this discussion in a couple months when I'm like, so what do you think of Street Fighter 4? And you're like, oh, I haven't played it. Oh, I'll play it because it's going to receive my wrath. I'm sure. Well, it's like, you know, (laughs) when conceivable things like of of just insane magnitude wash across your cultural boundaries and you just like completely ignore them, people question like your humanity. And you're like, oh, I didn't watch. I didn't watch Dark Knight. Like you're you're fucking into the nerdcore shit like to ignore the best nerdcore thing to happen in a decade. Like, of course people are going to want to question you on that. Yeah, but the same people that are telling me this are the ones that told me that Battlestar is so great, and I didn't really like it. You probably did And I'm not going to watch 48 episodes of it to get to the good part. I guess. You're a guy that likes Miyazaki. So. I'm sure that... Oh, yeah, because nobody likes Miyazaki. Well, the people that the, like uh, Miyazaki I'm sure that the Batman movie's fine. I saw, I saw the first Batman... What's the first new Batman movie? Yeah, but that movie sucked. This movie's great. That movie didn't suck. Well, it was kind of sucky. What was that called? Dark Batman uh, Begins. Forever. Batman Begins. I saw that. I liked it. I didn't see the new one because I never got around to it. Well, yeah, like Batman Begins sucks. I, in I comparison, I think I'm downloading it right now. Actually, cause <laughs> I'm trying to get something to work on the PSP. <laughs> I'm downloading it. All that but about probably, how you don't uh, need to see it and blah blah blah. Telesync is like, oh, but I am torrenting it at this moment. No, I was, I'm torrenting anything that's claims to be PSP formatted and has a high number of seeds. But I skipped Don't Mess With a Zohan, <laughs> Balls of Fury. 
There's like all the worst shitty stupid comic comedy movies with like Ben Stiller and uh, the animal guy. What's that guy's name? The guy who'll do anything. Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider. Eat a turd for for a contract. Yep. The guy's pathetic. I've I've really gotten into all his movies uh, are there. It's a table tennis lately, which makes me want to recommend to the audience go watch Ping Pong Club if you guys haven't seen it. This is the third time you've recommended. I know. It. I'm just. I'm. I actually. Keeping, I'm keeping track. I do recommend going down, to your local click. gym and playing some actual table tennis too. Like, man, it's it's fun, and I can't believe how fucking good people that are good at table tennis are. Like, what a thing to take seriously. I mean, I laugh at people that take Smash Brothers and Mario Kart seriously. <laughs> but take a game like table tennis seriously, it's just a whole other kind of dude. Still. Yeah, I was at a autocross yesterday, and there was a 50-year-old guy racing go-karts, and uh, I don't know, something about it just seemed really pathetic, because everybody else that was racing go-karts was like 21 at the oldest, and everyone else had a car, and this guy just like, he was so like mad about things and complained about things and enthusiastic and telling everybody to drive faster and everything, and it was like, I don't, I'm See, I'm not sure how to articulate my thoughts on this, but um, he just seemed like he needed to get a car now or something. I don't know what it was because there's nothing unintense about shifter carts. I mean, they're fast as fuck. They're the fastest things there. But something about it just seems like, you know, it's supposed to be a a gateway to open-wheel racing professionally or something. And it just, I don't know. I don't know how to phrase what I'm saying, but he just seemed like so pathetic. It was like... You're too old and you're too into this. I don't know. Hey, all right, I have down. a question it's for you. It's just ping pong. <laughs> this, this is something a bunch of us were debating the other day. Is racing a sport? Um, I think we need a GFR guy done about that. <laughs> because the people who are people who give a shit about this question and are the most concerned and definitely have an opinion one way or another are the ones that know the least about it. It's kind of like the people who say that music that comes from synthesizers isn't really music, but they don't know how to play any instrument, whether it's synthesized or not. You know, we get that argument from Peter Frampton and Neil Young, you know, who have tons of opinions on music. They never say that Kraftwerk aren't musicians or whatever. They don't say that. It's only like the people who are like, I saw Loverboy in 82 and they rocked. You know, those people (laughs) are sure that it's not music. And and the thing with racing is that it it's as it's more to me it is more of a sport than many things that are considered to be unquestionably sports. It's it's more of a sport than synchronized swimming because synchronized swimming has to be judged, and if it has to be judged, that's very subjective and kind of take something away from the competitive nature of it. You cannot kick somebody's ass in gymnastics because there's never really a true winner. There's only the opinion of somebody of who won. Exactly. And so, therefore, at least in racing, you have a finish line and there's no question that maybe he cheated or whatever, but he's he definitely beat, crossed it before everybody yeah. else. My only argument for why racing isn't a sport is because everyone doesn't drive the exact same car. 
Yeah, but they do in lots of racing. If the, if the, tons of racing where everybody drives the same car. Like completely standard, like no non-standard yeah, parts. Yeah, homologated, homologated okay. racing. Spec that that racing. gets closer to sport. Yeah, well, I I just think that the cool one of the cool things about racing is that you have the engineering side, which is you know part of it, and then there are other sorts of racing yeah. where it's certainly a competition. The rules are so tight that yeah. that like in like NASCAR, the rules are so tight that technically they're not all driving the same car. But you can't do anything. Everything's illegal. So basically, everybody's driving 99.9999% the exact same car. Sign of Zeta, um, front row seat at Death Race, confirmed. <laughs> death Race. <laughs> no, I, I, I kind of like the ones where there's... I kind of like the ones where they're more production-based, like rally cars and stuff. They're not really production cars, but they do have production bodies. So there's definitely a difference between them, but at the same time... If you see Marcus Grunholm win every race in a Citroen and then he moves to Mitsubishi and he wins every race in the Mitsubishi, it's pretty obvious he's good and his car's not doing the job for him. You know? yeah, I don't deny that it is a skill, just that it isn't really so much a sport. Another thing that people don't understand is the physicality of racing. They have absolutely no idea how bad racing beats your ass when you're in the car. Like... The, the the g-forces the braking the stopping and the intensity of it even at the lowest of levels is is so fucking hardcore that they just don't have any idea i mean a formula one car pulls like nearly four g's in a corner and in, until you've experienced one g in the corner which is pretty hardcore i think you're gonna die kind of thing you just can't even imagine what with three and a half is I mean, it's, it's physically tough. I mean, I was reading this thing with, uh, I think it was Gerhard Berger or somebody who was saying that, like, by the end of the season, his his neck size has increased by two. His shirt's no longer fit. Yeah, but isn't that chick able to race? <laughs> like, aren't girls able to race as well as dudes, pretty much? Yeah, well, they're tough, too, man. Right, but the girls can't do a lot of other things on the same level as dudes. Well, that's because it requires, like, physical force of being able to put things like, on. You know, they can't build, like, run as fast or do gymnastics as well or swim as fast or jump as long. No, they can't do any of that because they don't they don't have the strength for it. But I but could they fly a jet in a military environment as well? And see that's I that's where they, it stops I think they being probably a sport could. for me. The second that it's they probably the, the build of the person becomes totally irrelevant. Oh, it's not totally irrelevant. I'm just saying, like, you you won't find too many women that can bench press 400 pounds. Well, I know that the female race car it's drivers not... can't. <laughs> oh, no, they can't. Either can they, the like, male they're ones. They're still, like, because male race car drivers thin and like, attractive-looking women. They're not all muscly like gymnastics chicks are. Yeah, but all the dudes are the same way outside of NASCAR. I mean, if you look at, like, Formula One drivers, they're all, like, you know, normally super healthy-looking guys. They're not big butch motherfuckers. If they were, they wouldn't be able to fit in the car. Now, in NASCAR, you have, like, all these fat guys. It's kind of like baseball. It's like <laughs> baseball and NASCAR and, very f- and, and drag racing. Very friendly to fat guys. It's not that important. In fact, it's probably good for you in, uh, <laughs> in NASCAR because you're just getting banged the shit out of constantly, you know. Tougher. Toughness. Sort of a Zangief sort of approach. Do you watch the Olympics? Um, no, not really, no. I have to say, this is the first Olympics I've ever watched. And I think it's yeah. mostly because it's the first Olympics I've ever been married for. And <laughs> That's terrible. My wife loves NBC, and it's always on. So Wait, the Olympics was always the on. The channel? Yeah. She loves 
NBC, the television station. Well, she likes a lot of their programming, so the channel is on all the time. Oh, okay. You know, like, and since it was all overwritten by Olympics, I got sucked into watching a whole lot of Olympics. And it was kind of well, neat. When Cartoon Network does the coverage, maybe I'll see it. Cartoon Network is probably my most watched channel. Uh, yeah, I mostly just watch On Demand, oh. but I do watch Cartoon Network and uh, Speed and Speed TC uh, Turner Turner Classic Movies. <laughs> Those are my big oh, ones. Man, what did I see on Turner Classic Movies the other day? I saw something retarded, like that was totally not a classic movie. Oh man! Well, are you thinking of Turner Classic or AMC? Because AMC only shows stuff that is not a classic anymore. Maybe that like, was it. They, I, just, I remember laughing yeah. at the classicness of it. AMC is it used to be great, but now it's like they have commercials now and they show shit like um, Alien 3 and they're like that's uh that's not really what I was thinking of. <laughs> so like cuz TCM came along and kicked their ass so bad, they were so much better at it that AMC sort of diversified and became sort of like uh now we show Porkies. You know, I, that might have been stuff it. Stuff like that. <laughs> You might yeah, have just yeah. They show all sorts of stuff. Yeah, it might have been. All right. Well, I think uh, I think we're disturbingly off topic. Um, yes. Time to kill. Let's it. let's go ahead and and stick a fork in it. Let's cue the outro. Thanks for joining us for not only video games now, but apparently we're also a racing Olympics podcast, <laughs> along with sci-fi and. <laughs> uh. We, we can't be pinned down. You can't label us. Don't even try. But instead, you should go to iTunes and give us a positive review. It helps with our rating. Uh, we'd like you to come back over to GameFaceRadio.com. Click on blog at the top. Drop some comments. Let us know what you think. You know, cries for help. Whatever. We'll pretend to care. So, uh, you know, come on by. Hit us up. Um, as always, we'll be publishing on iTunes and on GameFaceRadio.com. And I think on that note, we are out. Totally. Okay, yeah, I'm done with that shit. I think I have to go pee before I get on the plane. <laughs> I'm not peeing on the plane. No, I'm not getting on the plane, though. No. I haven't been on a plane in a year. <laughs> Don't miss it. I'm out of here.